Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, currently featuring Steven Universe, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, Samurai Jack, and Mike Tyson Mysteries. I'm Justin Cummings, and today I'm joined by Andy Potter. Hey! Today, Andy and I are going through and talking about Season 1 of Samurai Jack. This is the first of our retrospectives. We've gone back, we watched the first season, we're here to talk about it, compare to what we have seen, what we haven't seen... And just overall, kind of quickly talk about it, not do episode by episode, but just just make sure we feel like we've discussed more of the show. And since this season was rated TVY7, we are going to have normal language. I know this is probably still going to be under the Jack feed, but don't worry. If the language puts you off in the other ones, there will be no swearing on this episode. You can find all our past Samurai Jack podcasts and all our podcasts at OverlyAnimated.com or by searching Overly Animated on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. So, Andy, we are back at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, we're back. We, we've gone back. We've gone back to the past. Back to the past. I know what you're getting at here. I'm just. I'm not playing along with it. I'm sorry. We're going back to the past. Andy's decided to turn into Michelle tonight and not play along with my puns. So. Uh. We're gonna I talk. do love the opening theme, though. Oh, sorry. It's it's a good opening theme. Let, let's start there because that is truly the beginning. What do you What are your thoughts on the opening theme of Samurai Jack? I have a lot of nostalgia for this. This this opening theme is just, uh, I don't know. It's just so good. It really gets you in the mood for Samurai Jack. Just all these little shots. What's even the best part is that. It looks like these shots from the opening are going to be in the episodes. It's a lot like Rick and Morty that way, but a lot of the shots aren't in the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just they're just random shots of things that Jack is doing, and you believe that he's done them. Like like he was swimming through like the bones of like a big fish or something, and that doesn't happen anytime in this season. I don't think. Did I miss that? I don't think so. Yeah. Like, and there's a lot of shots like that where, and I find that really cool. It, it gives you an idea of what he's about, but doesn't spoil you for what any of the episodes are going to be doing. I liked it a lot. That That is definitely nice. I It's rare that we get a show with this long and straightforward of an intro to not spoil stuff. Like, yes. it's an Adventure Time-esque intro, may not spoil anything. But something like this where it's showing what looks to be episode footage. Yeah. They usually recycle, but I'm, I'm glad Genny didn't. And I think each season has a different <clears throat> has different clips in the opening. Season 5 well, has a different intro. Well, yeah, but y- you know what I meant, Justin. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I will find out when we watch season two, because I've not looked at any of the season two episodes yet. So, let's start with the pilot. The pilot actually aired as a TV movie, apparently. It aired as a three-part movie. Um, what did you think of that, like, as a whole? Did you watch it that way? Because I kind of tried to watch it as a movie. I was in kind of binge mode when watching this, but I definitely watched the first three a little differently because I wanted to put, cause they were aired that way. So I tried to, I binged the first three episodes and then stopped for the night and then came back to the season. Right. Um, and so I don't know. It didn't feel necessarily like a movie. It felt like the first, it felt like there was two episodes there, the beginning and then parts two and three felt like their own episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm mad at the fact that his name is not actually Jack. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about this. I, I, I don't think I've talked about this. I don't know how much you and Michelle watched the show as kids. I but... watched whenever my mother would let me. Okay. Well, I watched most of this show as a kid. 
like this season specifically, I remember almost all these episodes as from a kid. We'll have to see if that continues as we go through the seasons. But but what what are what I, what strings? I don't remember them him, him being named this way. Like I just don't remember this at all. Because at first I was like, whoa, they already know him. Like, yeah. whoa, he's the leader of their rebellion. And then I'm like, wait, it's just Sling. His name yeah. is literally Samurai Yo. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it is pretty cool, though. It fits. I think it fits, though. I don't think it's wrong. It's just I just didn't, I just didn't know it. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it. I was just a bit stunned. Yeah, same. And, and immediately, like, in this, in the three-part premiere, we're already getting characters that I recognize from season five. The uh, the dog dude, he yeah. popped up at least in the finale, if not more than that. But I'm like... I think it's, yeah, just the finale. It's so weird, because I'm having, like, reverse nostalgia, where <laughs> it was supposed to be like, remember these guys from way back when? Yeah, and now yeah, I'm yeah. like, whoa, I know what's gonna happen to these guys. Yeah, it's... It's cool. It's like... But I think we should talk about this. What did? How did you feel about the quality of this? Like compared to, you could tell like, this was an early two thousands Cartoon Network show. Yeah, and I was gonna say yeah. a big part of what I mean by that is the sound. The 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 yes. a lot of the sound effects. Like if you've ever seen Powerpuff Girls, these are the same sound effects. Yes, they are. But what I was gonna point out is that they reuse even from there. Because during the fight with the robots in the third episode, there is one sword sound. Only one. And it is very noticeable. Like, he attacks 50 different robots, and it's the same slashing sound every single time. And it's very noticeable compared to how good the sound design was in Season 5. It, it, it's very different. Alright, so Andy, you were saying that they reused the same sword sound effect over and over again in that robot fight. What do you attribute that to? Well, I think it, it, it's attributed to the fact that this is pretty much an extended pilot, I think. That's what it feels like, at least. It's kind of not lower quality, but they reused a lot of assets, they reused a lot of sounds, and it was just to show what who Jack is, who Aku is, and show what a normal episode of Samurai Jack was. And you can tell immediately upon starting episode four, things are immediately a little prettier, a little more vibrant and robust with the sounds you're hearing. And... I think that's the way I take these three episodes. I kind of don't include them in the overall. Like the quality of the season gets much better immediately in yeah. after these episodes. And so when I think about season one, I kind of just say, okay, this was Gendy trying to sell his show. Other than that, the rest of the season's really good. I I agree. I, I definitely think that the first three episodes, and to compare it to like season one of Voltron, which has a similar structure. Even that, like, it feels like they had already greenlit the season. It doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel like a pilot and then a season like this does. Yes, I'd agree. I mean, it's a good pilot, but it definitely, it definitely feels different. It falls into a lot of the similar trappings of pilots. The different, um, slightly different art styles, slightly different ways characters are voiced, slightly different, like, pacing in some ways, and the sound, and I think the most obvious one is the sound design. It's just clearly below par for the rest of the sh- series. Yeah, it's it's very different sound, and a lot of the sound feels taken directly from Powerpuff Girls, and I think... I, I, I wonder how much of that is just Cartoon Network, and how much is the fact that Gendy and Craig McCracken are good friends? I don't know. I, I, I would not have a guess for that. Because I, I know in... Um, in Powerpuff Girls, there is a couple of Gendy references thrown in there every now and again. 
And so I, mean, I was, I was wondering, like, was this him basically saying, "Hey, I have all these assets you can use for your pilot," or was Cartoon Network like, "Here, use Craig's assets," or even which I came think first? either. I think either is likely, and either would be fine with Gendy, uh, honestly, right. just to get just to, just to make sure this show gets greenlit. And, and um, what? Yeah. No, no, that was it. That was done. I'm sorry. It's it's definitely an interesting and. It's interesting to compare like the pilot to then having seen season five. Yes, it like, is very interesting. Season five is, you know, so pretty and so incredible and all of this stuff. And then you go back and look at the pilot and it's like, whoa. Yeah. I think the most noticeable thing is Aku's personality. He is just not the same character in this pilot. As He's- in season five or as in the rest of season one? I think he matches kind of the rest of season one up until the very end, but season five is a very different character from now, and I don't think that's because of character progression. I think it's because they hadn't locked in what they wanted Aku to be yet. Like, in the first episode, Aku is just a played straight, very evil character with a different backstory than they we get later in, like, season four, because there's, like, a backstory episode with gods and stuff. Right. And this is a different backstory. So that's also why I don't include this chunk with the rest of episodes, because it's not even the same plot, honestly. Um, but Aku is just not funny in this pilot, which is kind of strange. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird, seeing, it's weird seeing him not humorous. It's, it's weird being almost actually scared of Aku. It is. It's very strange. But you, you mentioned the finale. Let's let's dive into that. Um, Aku uh, and his fairy tales. Yes, yes. What? I I have a question for you, Justin, because there's only one of two answers. Is this your least favorite or most favorite episode of the season? It it, it might be my favorite episode. <laughs> it was I, so enjoyable. I don't think it's the best episode of the season, but I think it's my favorite as well. It's just Aku's back. Aku, this is Aku. This is what Aku is supposed to be. And it was just so fun and. I love intertextuality. People who know me know that. And just seeing Jack randomly tacked into every fairy tale was just so beautiful. And then all the references to all... I think there's there a couple of references to other shows as well thrown in there. Such as? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I watched it like a week ago. I'm sorry. I just remember thinking as I was watching there were a bunch of references. Oh, man. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> Andy, 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 All the fairy tales were released. I'm sorry, Justin. I'm new at this. The listeners can, well, listeners will understand. <laughs> but um, I do think that all the fairy tales are really great. And him, the best part, oh, I remember what it was. It was during the, um, it wasn't a reference. It was all the fairy tales mixing together at the end when he kept hopping between, like, Jack and the Beanstalk and, like, uh, wasn't he Cinderella. Giant? He didn't climb a beanstalk. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just, and it became just a rapid fire hodgepodge of fairy tales. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. It was beautiful. And Jack was every single character. In every single story. Yeah, he was he was the evil stepsisters and Cinderella and the stepmom and the giant and Jack, and it was it was incredible. So uh, the the feeling I got during the season, it's a feeling I rarely get when watching animation, especially now. It mm-hmm. the only other show I can compare this to is Batman the Animated Series. Okay, continue. What is what is this connection you have? So some episodes feel very dense and like very very full episodes, and it definitely feels like a twenty minute episode. 
And then other episodes, like Jack versus Mad Jack and all of the Lava Monster, where I blink and I'm like, it's over. where did the episode go? Yeah. And I have that feeling when I'm watching some of Batman the Animated Series, where some episodes, like Heart of Ice, I'm like, holy crap, has it really only been 20 minutes? That and episode feels like a movie. What, Heart of Ice? Yeah, that episode feels like a movie. And oh, yeah. And then there are some episodes, like, I can't remember what it was. My roommate has been binging it, but... There was an episode where, like, Robin was chasing Catwoman or something. Like, Robin was chasing someone and wanted to hit him with a chair. I can't even remember. But it, it felt like it was only two minutes, and it was the entire episode. And I was like, what do you mean it's over? And that's how some of Jack feels. Like, especially Jack versus Mad Jack felt very fast. And Oh, yeah, Matt, that might be... That, that episode was pretty short. I think the shortest one, though, was Jack in Space. That one was a blink of an eye. Yeah. That, had almost, was that, again? that was the one where the, he went up into space, he fought some things, and the other people disappeared. They like went warp speed and went away. And that was the entire episode. Was this an actual episode? Did I see this episode? Jack and Jeez. Space. I did see this one. I just I okay, I forgot it. The astronaut one, okay. Yes, and that is followed immediately by the Warrior Woman episode with Igra, which is also a really long episode. It feels really long. Yeah, that was a really, truly incredible episode. Yes, in that I think there's three options here for the best epi- like the best episode of the season. And I think we can get into that later, but that is definitely one of them, the Warrior Woman one. Yeah, the Blind Archers was another one that felt very fast. Yes, but that was a really good episode. Oh, it is good. No, I'm not saying that the fast ones can't be good. They just yeah. they feel shorter than they are because they're so fast-paced. And I most shows Blind- pick a pace. Yes, they do, and this show does not. But I think Blind Archers would almost have been a better pilot for this show, because it kind of shows what Jack is about. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a really confined time period. It's very interesting. What What is the one single thing about this season that surprised you more than any other? The mm-hmm. fact that Jack and Aku weren't really set in stone. There were times when Jack did things in this season that didn't feel like things he'd do in season five or even later seasons of this show. And the right. fact that Aku didn't really become funny until really not until the end of the season. He wasn't really funny until episode 13. Maybe you could argue he was funny in the gangster episode, or at least starting to get really annoyed with Jack in that episode. Right. But um, it, he really, I wasn't, it, I, I wanted to see Aku, but every time he showed up, it wasn't the Aku I wanted. That's what was interesting. Yeah. The the one moment that I think surprised me more than any other, we saw someone smoking a cigar. Oh, right! I forgot about that. That you is know, such a... That the, could not fly today. And the gangster episode, oh, no. Well, Cartoon Network it might, because Cartoon Network has always been... Uh, the Slight sidetrack, but I figure people listening to this are used to us sidetracking. Yeah. Um, Rebecca Sugar, creator of Steven Universe, once made a comment that Cartoon Network has never said no to her as long as she explains why she wants to do something. Oh, and really? Okay. I think, um, I just saw an episode of Amazing World of Gumball where, um, the mom had like the flashback to how she met Richard, the dad. And then there was like this rapid fire montage of them like growing up and having a family. And it, it's a blink and you miss it kind of moment, but. She finds out she's pregnant before their marriage, and that's not to get too into details or anything. Like, some people are not okay with that, 
And so yeah. to see Cartoon Network just kind of slide it in there like that in like a second, Cartoon Network doesn't play around. They, they've always been willing to do more edgy things. I mean, sometimes they almost push it too far. Like, look at Rude Removal from Dexter's Laboratory, which is around the same time period as Jack. Which episode is that? I forget the names. I'm Ru- sorry. Uh, Rude Removal is the episode that got banned, and Adult Swim aired it like a decade later. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes. I remember that one. So, yeah, good job, it, it started uh, Yeah. Um, but so, Cartoon Network's, Cartoon Network's always had a, a bit more interesting time when it comes to stuff like that. I don't know if they'd still do a straight-up cigar today, but it was interesting to see in 2001 that they were okay with it. I I don't think they would, because there's a lot stronger of a stigma against smoking now, in in the sense that they really want to make sure people don't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel that I feel like there's a sense of responsibility on a, especially a kids' channel, primarily kids' channel, to not show smoking glorified. Because this this guy was cool. You know what I mean? The guy yeah. smoking a cigar, the gang boss. Like he was legitimately a fun character, and I don't think that's a good thing to show kids you know what i mean necessarily and i think they recognize that now um i don't think this was a bad representation in any way but i think that they would avoid it now just because they might think it would be portrayed in a way that kids would think oh it's cool to smoke um but that episode was really good i do like that those gangsters they're really fun they they were quite the enjoyable slapstick characters and very, uh, what, very uh, what what was it he say he was like saying the and stuff over and over yeah, again yeah see yeah see? Yeah, see, and I love that in the in the flash forward with Jack, he even says "nya" when he does. Did you catch that? Yeah. Oh my god, Jack just saying "nya" like really bored was like, I don't know, it was really it, funny. I don't know why. It felt very the whole episode felt very Mel Brooks to me. Like I don't know if you've seen Blazing Saddles, but there's oh, a great yeah the great scene where he's like, "This deserves a round of harumps." Harumph, 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 harumph. <laughs> there's every time the gangster said anything, that's all I could see was that scene. Oh, that's that's a good that's a good comparison. Oh, I love Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is great. Mel Not Brooks to get too off great. topic. Where, I just watched Young Frankenstein again, like just a week ago. Ah, wonderful! I just showed my girlfriend Blazing Saddles. I just showed my girlfriend Young Frankenstein. So hey. we're traded off. Um, but Have um, you seen Men also, in Tights? Yeah, we should watch that too. There's a bunch of them. She's not really a big comedy person. Anyways, we're getting way too off topic. Um, <laughs> We're, we're talking about animation and other production stuff. We're talking about our girlfriends and showing them stuff now, Justin. It's a little too far off. But, um... Uh, what uh, did you think of Jack and the Lava Monster? I think that, I think that other than the pilot, this was the worst episode of the season. Really? Yes. I really enjoyed this episode. I don't think it was bad. I don't think any of these episodes are legitimately bad. I just think it's the worst one of the season. It's the... Oh, actually, it's the second worst. There's one that I think is worse than it. Which one? Uh, the Woolies episode. Really? Yes, and for one reason. And it's because Jack is way out of character in a couple of moments in the show. He legitimately hurts the Woolies to complete his task, which felt very in contrast to what Jack would do. You know what I mean? Even, like, two episodes later, yeah. Yeah, like, Jack wouldn't hurt someone to complete his task, especially someone he would help, or or, or someone he cared about or someone he wanted to save. He wouldn't poke a Woolie with his sword just to get them to do something, you know what I mean? He was yeah. treating them... He was treating them the same way, same way I'm going to butcher this name, the Critchalites were treating the Woolies. Um, and it, it just felt wrong in, in the sense of later Jack. I think if I didn't know what later Jack was like, this episode four would feel okay for me. But just in reference, like when I have the ability to know what Jack is like later, it felt very strange. It's not a, I guess that's maybe bringing too much bias into it. I, I don't know. I think 
to me, the my my least favorite episode was probably Jack Under the Sea. Oh, really? Okay. And, okay. and I can't even quite pinpoint it. I think it might be just a subconscious hatred of the episode of SpongeBob Atlantis Scorpantis. And <laughs> that was just beaming onto this episode by accident. That that's a really weird reason, Justin. It it look, I love I love David Bowie with a burning passion. And so I shouldn't love the episode of SpongeBob with David Bowie, but I can't stand it. It's like uh, a mind-numbing version of Willy Wonka. I'm sorry. Also, we should get off SpongeBob before Dylan gets mad at us and never posts this video. I don't care. It's <laughs> animated, at least. That's true. It's closer to Mel Brooks. But <laughs> um, closer. Has Mel Brooks ever done animation? We should look into that later. Well, later, though. Dang it. Yeah. We should do it if he has any animation at all. But, um... <laughs> Uh, but um, I I liked Undersea. It would it had some really pretty vistas, and like I thought it was actually one of the more, it was one of the first episodes I watched in the season where I was like, hey, that's noticeably pretty and noticeably interesting. The things they're showing us, <laughs> like the, un- it was. I'm not saying it was amazing. I'm just saying it was up to that point in the season. It was the best there was. You know, I'm I'm looking at the list of episodes you sent me and. I think I see what made the Warrior Woman one of the better episodes of the season. It was actually written by Gendy. Oh yeah, he, it was a well, little written. The reason I liked Warrior Woman is actually the first time Aku appears in the future. It's the first episode he's in in the future. Really? Yes, it is, and that's why it's it kind of sets the stage for the interaction between Aku and Jack for the whole show. This. Aku could have easily killed Jack multiple times in this episode. But he doesn't and it's want just to. So, he doesn't want to. Aku wants this game. And then by the end of the show, Aku hates the game. And it's kind of like a flip-flop. And I think this is okay. This point's okay for Aku to not be funny. He thinks he's winning. He thinks that he is in control. And by the end of the season, he's not in control. And I think that's a noticeable shift in his personality, and that's okay once we see Warrior Woman. I just very much dislike that Aku is... In the first five episodes, you see Aku at the very beginning of the first episode of the show, and then that's it until episode six. And it's kind of awkward, I think, for the pacing. Yeah. Well, to to make things a little bit weirder, the, the show's not... This season especially is not super serialized. It's very episodic. No. But it aired out of order. Oh, it did? What's the intended so they, order? They they aired the movie, and then they aired the Wooly episode. Then they yes. aired the Three Blind Archers. Okay. Then it looks like they aired Under the Sea. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They aired uh Three Blind Archers, Jack in Space, Under the Sea, back down to Lava Monster... Up to Jack versus Mad Jack, down to Jack and the Scotsman, Warrior Woman, Gangsters, Fairy Tales. Oh, I think that really messes up the flow. I think Warrior Woman works best when you haven't met Aku in the future yet, because you don't know that Aku's a shapeshifter yet at that point in the show. You just know that he's like an I evil Aku, mo- the evil shapeshifting master but, of darkness. But but I mean, like you haven't seen it. Like when someone says they're a shapeshifter, you. It's different than seeing it. Someone claiming that they are something is different than seeing it in action. True. You know what I mean? And True. so Aku, Aku is a lying evil monster. He tells whatever he wants. You know what I mean? And we haven't seen him shapeshift. We've seen him like shoot arrows out of his hands and stuff. But, but that could be in of itself 
thought of as shapeshifting. You know what I mean? Right. We hadn't seen him shapeshift into something so mundane as another as a woman up to this point. And so it was if you didn't know the story, I knew what was going to happen because I've seen this episode before. But even so, it's there's a lot of tells that show that he's uh, that that's a coup. But if you don't know, you don't. It's just that's just a random woman, and it's really well done. I think it's one of Andy, the. Andy, are well you done. calling women mundane? Okay, Justin, are we gonna have this now? You know what I meant, and I'm I think I'm sorry. Like, I'm a gender studies minor. You need to I'm slow sorry. your roll. I am. I am sorry. What I meant was something <laughs> that isn't magical or mystical. Just a human being. Is there Is not that, that, magic in the human woman to you, Andy? All right, we're done with this, Justin. I you you won already. You don't need to continue this. You know I'm just giving you a hard time. I know you are, Justin. I it's, know, I know. Andy, this is the only time that I'm not the new guy on the podcast. Let me I revel know. in this. I know, I know. I am I am basically taking out all of Dylan's tormenting me on you, which is super it's unhealthy. Good. But I'm sorry. No, it's good though. Dylan hasn't had the chance to rip into me yet, so <laughs> this is this, this is an important hazing. I'm ready for it. It's all in love. We we we're yeah. all a happy family here. Before we go any further, can we talk about Jack and the Scotsman? I was about I really, to say we need to talk about Jack and the yeah, Scotsman. We've been kind of jumping around it, but I think it's really good. Let's talk about it. This is not the only time the Scotsman will appear in the series. No, it is not. This is the first. I, I wonder if Michelle knows that. I, uh, we, you know, everyone needs to email Michelle right now and tell her that oh, the Scotsman no. is a recurring character in Samurai J- Jack. Justin, you can't do that. Dude. <laughs> you can't do that to Michelle. That's so mean. But if you really want to, her Tumblr is... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Her Tumblr is listed on the overly animated website. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, if people, want, if people want to go and do it that far, they can. <laughs> It'd be mean. But anyways, the Scotsman, that, it's a great episode. And it doesn't start in a way that makes it seem like it's going to be the episode it is. It's just Jack alone on a bridge. Which in and of itself is a really cool set piece. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I was watching, I'm like, did I click on the wrong episode? It doesn't look like Jack and the Scotsman. This looks like Jack walks on bridge. Yeah, and then you just hear bagpipes. And you're like, yep, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> He's something special, that is for certain. My favorite part of this episode is the 30-second insult of just all the cuts and cuts and like little um window um picture in picture of Scotsman saying insults at Jack's face on the bridge. Oh my god, it was I don't know, just that just that whole exchange is so funny to me. Just the Scotsman yelling these really PG insults that feel like they should be worse than they are. And the thing is, I'm sure some of them are. Knowing Gendy, um, there's an episode of Dexter's Laboratory where he has a decoder ring, and mm-hmm. Dee says something to him, and when put through the decoder ring, which is not hard, you just need to know how to, like, spell words. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, um, it, it's a word I don't think I'm allowed to say on this podcast. I think I know what you're talking about, so, so it's fine. knowing Gendy, he could have snuck something in there. I wouldn't be surprised. He said a lot of words in a very short amount of time. A lot of words that were not necessarily commonly known to the average American speaker of English. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But oh man, yeah, go back and dissect that and tell us any words that we're not allowed to say. Oh please, I would really like to know. Because even please if we do. knew them, we wouldn't say them right now. Um, but I really liked their their progression to be, to be friends. It was really it was really nice. It was a it fun was, episode. It was surpri- yeah, it was it was it was surprisingly 
nice seeing them become friends because you i don't know it just i like shows with good male male friendships because those are tend to be not emphasized a lot in television especially not at this time in um animation because usually it's like this is this is not a masculine relationship even though it starts off with a fight this is very much a emotional bond of like hey we're both fugitives of aku you know what i mean and they connected with they didn't connect through the fact that they were good fighters they connected with the fact that they had similar goals and i think that's a very good big distinction for Mm -hmm. characters like that which is i liked a lot i liked that they didn't be like hey i respect you because you can fight good because they didn't respect each other for that at all like at at least when they first met i think especially at this time in animation a lot of times you had two kinds of male-male friendships you had the we're all kind of dopey, so let's be friends. Very SpongeBob yeah. and Patrick, Timmy Turner and his friends. Or you had the anime style of, we are the greatest fighters. We must slightly yeah. hate each other, but also be best friends. Like, Dragon Ball Z, Speed Racer, well, Speed Racer is way older. But like that kind <laughs> of, that kind, specifically actually I'm thinking of Bakugan, which was later, but Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, like yeah. Joey and Yugi. We're great duelists and we're great friends and yeah, and this is not I, any of that. This no. is this is and it looks like it's going to be that way when you first watch, but just they realize very quickly that they have a lot to offer and they learn a lot from each other. Actually, I think they I think they do re- learn things from each other about the way they do things because especially in later times you see Scotsman. The Scotsman learns to respect how Jack is quiet and and very patient with things and jack learns from the scotsman about being impulsive and and how both these things are not bad and it just depends on when you use them and how you use them and right. i think that it's it, it, it's an interesting contrast i think because the show does not say which of the which one of them is wrong in this episode it doesn't it really does not which is sometimes usually in this type of show in this type of interaction they there's like a moral lesson at the end for Jack was right because he was patient or the Scotsman was right because he should have been more impulsive, but there wasn't any of that. And I liked that. I liked that. But yeah, that, that was a very nice change of pace from what we got at this time period in animation, which was a lot of like moral of the day things. Yeah. And so, also, it, yeah. Yes. Also to say, Again, this isn't amazing. This isn't the best relationship of all time. I'm just saying it's better than a lot of the other things around this time. Just to make sure I'm being clear. It, this isn't like the most complex thing ever. No. No. But it's it's better, which is, I guess, something. So, just just one one question. Because uh, I'm still dumbfounded. Yes, Dylan, we're going back to debating Roman numerals. Oh, no. So we have Are you going to ask... We have all these numbered episodes... And then we jump. Yes. We went from 52 to, to 92. I was going to mention that. I think that Gendy was secretly setting up season five to be a, a complete reboot of the show. Because we have this big gap in episodes that he has purposely put into these numer- Roman, Roman numerals. And I think that if the season finale had been better in season five, we would definitely be getting it. But we'll have to wait and see. If this was good enough, because the first seven episodes of season five are really great. And I think everyone agrees on that. But there's a lot of contention with the next three. But I think it's like the viewership. And I, th- I think that contention, I don't want to say it's just like, I don't want to say it's just us because it's not just us. I know a lot is. of people are against Joshi, but I think it's, there was enough nostalgia to kind of carry it. 
that people are willing to be like, okay, you botched the ending, but let's go back and get more of Wandering Jack. Without Ashi, without any of that, which is unfortunate because Ashi before was really great. And I'm, I'm going to try to control myself because I haven't had the chance to talk about this yet on the podcast. But honestly... Spoilers for Samurai Jack Season 5. Forgot to say that. Uh, oh, yes. I, I don't think we've said anything specifically spoilers until which now. Which is why I didn't give no. a spoiler warning. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. But I think it's important to note, and I think it's important to note for a lot of shows, that there was nothing inherently wrong with Jack and Ashi being in a romance. Correct. It was the way it was handled. And I think that you can learn a lot from the way that they did it and see where you can reach pitfalls. Because there was nothing in their relationship that needed to be more than friends. Nothing in the interactions they had besides that forced upon wedding in the in the end with – if we talk to Michelle about time travel and all that, it shouldn't work. But anyways, it um, – but other than that, it's – they're just friends. And there didn't need to be more than that at any point in that show, in that season. And I think that people, a lot of showrunners can learn from that. Because I didn't feel anything more about the fight. Like, the fight between Jack and Ashi in episode 9 was amazing. It was glorious. It was an amazing fight. But it didn't matter that they were in a relationship. I cared because they were friends. Because they showed the, sh- the show showed me that they were good friends. Because they traveled together. They did stuff together. They protected each other. I didn't care that they kissed once the previous episode. I cared that they were good friends. And I think people can learn from that. Anyways, rant over. But, um, uh, it's a great point. It's a great point. And here at Overly Animated, we do try to be progressive. And I think that's not just in, like, we need more diversity. Like, it's not just, like, what people think of when they think of progressive as far as, like, political and social ideas. It, it also envelops, you know, what you do in your show. Not necessarily that's, like, liberal, but just new and forward-thinking. Yeah. And I think... You know, we, we've seen the, t- the tried and true um, romance arcs that don't go anywhere. We've seen that a million times. We, we get how yes. they're going to work. And that's why so many people are pissed, because they can predict it so easily. They telegraph it a mile away. Are we allowed to say that P word here? Um, We're going to pretend I said ticked, and we're going to let that one slide. Okay, let's continue. I but, think um, that's why so many people were mad, is that it, they telegraphed it just so poorly. And they did. It was so poorly done, and I think had had they done something truly unique with it, we wouldn't be this mad. I think mad. I would be. Go for it. I would have been a lot less mad if Ashi, if this was literally not Ashi's first interaction with a man. Yeah. That is what drives me up a wall. It's because Ashi literally knows nothing about adult things. Did not get into detail on this podcast. But she does not know anything about that stuff, and she has never been in a relationship before. It feels degrading when the first man that the wom- the female lead meets becomes their romance. It feels degrading because it feels that they are settling. It feels that they don't understand things. They feel not world-weary. They feel just a lot of different things. However, you can project a lot of bad things onto that action, and I'm just giving examples of those. I'm not saying all those are at once, but... It's it, And I think I mentioned this in one of the emails I sent during season five, was that it's about intent. It's about the way the viewer is going to see it more than what you mean to do. Because even if you even if Ashi had other reasons for doing what she did, you never showed us, Gendy. And all we saw was this poorly structured one-episode romance. And yeah. I really wish it was done better. So, back to season one. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. Sorry for that sidetrack. Oh. I just... You're good. I feel that's going to be a recurring theme in these these episodes. 
this was very episodic, and I think that's why we're struggling to talk about it, is each episode is good in its own right, but there's not a lot of connection. And I think it says a lot about Gendy that he can do episodic and serial, that he can do both. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this season. Like, in no, general, this season's good. This season's really good. I think there's a couple downers, but I don't think they're necessarily horrible. They're just less good, or they they backtrack on some personality traits. But overall, it's very much it very much sells that this is a future world with magic robots and a weird demon guy and a guy with a mas- magical sword, and that's it. That's all there is to it. It can do anything it wants from there because it doesn't show us. It doesn't show us what the world looks like when they go to space in this season. They don't go back and look at what Earth looks like. We don't get a good enough view at it. So we have. It can do anything it wants. This show is supposed to be like an old mythology tale set in the future, and I really right. enjoy it. And it really, and it really, and this season really sells that idea, which I think might be a knock against it because it takes a whole season to really sell it. Maybe, maybe yeah. you could argue. That. You could argue that. I. Uh, there's one last thing that we need to talk about. We're going to start wrapping up here, but one thing we need to talk about is that this is, here to Blade Animated, our first time getting to talk about Aku with his original voice actor. Oh, yeah. So, as many of you probably know, the legendary Mako was the voice for Aku. Um, we, here to Blade Animated, probably best know him as Uncle Iroh. Did, could you tell the difference? It's sad, but I couldn't, but I think that's because he wasn't in a lot of episodes this season. Aku is a very minor character. I think later seasons has Aku become really the second lead, but in this season, he's really just a background character who shows up a couple of episodes. He's kind of a and, Yeah, and I think that sells him short a little bit, but I think Gendy realizes that he needs at least one other recurring character, by I hope, by the second season. Because I know that there's a bunch of season, at least in season episodes in season four, that are just hilarious, and it's just Jack interacting with Aku, and I can't wait to have the chance to talk about them later. We'll get to that later. But I think that, um, yeah, I didn't recognize the difference between Mako and Josh Hamilton. Is I think because I, I know I think it was the same guy who because Josh Hamilton's the guy who followed up on Mako for Iroh in season three of Avatar, and I think it was the same guy for season five of Samurai Jack. But um, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Uh, I could definitely they, I could hear it in the beginning. I could hear it in the intro. I could definitely hear Iroh coming through. But I think that's I think in season five they showed that same intro, but I think they used Mako's voice actor. I not Mako's. I used Mako for the voice acting for that intro in season five when they did the fourth wall break. Because right. it sounded it sounded exactly the same. Like Josh Hamilton's great, the guy that was the understudy to Mako, but. Mako has such a unique voice, it's going to be impossible to get it exactly right. You know what I mean? Even if you are... It's just impossible. And that was the big issue of Korra. Yeah. That was. I I think... Because I think Iroh was fine. I think Iroh was fine in Avatar, but something happened in Korra where... This is a different conversation altogether, again. But I think that he was a little bit more off from from Mako because there was some time where he maybe not forgot, but lost the ability to copy Mako as well during that time gap. Yeah. And I don't think that's anything against him. It's a hard voice to do. It's just it was noticeable in Korra more than Avatar. It it definitely it definitely is more noticeable. So we're gonna wrap up because we're just all over the place. But this has been a good discussion. It's been a really solid discussion. Um, it's been a very strange discussion. Yeah, it's it's been a little all over the place, but it's been good. We even um, touched on blazing saddles. We did. <laughs> we we did indeed.
many quotes from that I can't say on this podcast or any Pretty episode. Pretty much all of them. Pretty much all of them. <sighs> There's a couple. The, 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 but the ones I can't say are visual gags. Yes. Like, I shoot with this hand, and his arm just, like, flailing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so my, fav- my favorite my favorite Mel Brooks scene of all time is the young Frankenstein blind soup thing. That is the funniest thing. I don't know why. Just the guy pouring the soup for the... Bl- the blind guy pouring soup for the monster, and just him going, ah, over and over again. I don't know if you remember this scene. It's so good. It... Rest in peace, Gene Wilder. Oh, yeah. what I've been trying to do with Samurai Jack, I've been trying to make sure that when big stuff happens in animation, we, we do quickly touch on it, because I think the people that listen to this show are a bit more, I don't say worldly-wise, but I think they are a bit more in tune with like the animation scene. Um, Is savvy the right word? Savvy? Animation savvy. Um, We need to talk about Adam West real quick. Oh, no. I, I yep. know you saw uh, Adam West did pass away. As we're recording this yesterday, it was June 10th, um, I wrote an article last year about my top 10 guest appearances in animation, and Adam West took two of those spots. Uh, can you guess which two? You're, you're man. a smart man. Is one of them in Scooby-Doo? Neither is Scooby-Doo. Huh. Isn't he, does, he, does he have a cameo in Scooby-Doo a couple times, though? Potentially, but the two I picked were Great Ghost from Batman the Animated Series. Oh, right. And then his recurring role as Catman in Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, I was thinking, yeah, I got confused because I knew he was in another animated show, but I kept thinking of Family Guy, and I knew that was wrong. Oh, no, I knew no, Family he's in Guy, Family Guy too. No, 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 he is, but I knew that wasn't the one you were thinking of. No. I knew that wasn't, yeah. Um, oh. No, I, I, I feel so dumb for not thinking of Grey Ghost because that is a great role for him. And, and, and his role in Fairly Odd Parents, it kind of, it, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch his first couple of appearances. He he plays TV's Adam West, and he very much he foreshadows uh, his Mayor West, kind of. If you want to see Adam West being Adam West before Family Guy and with less swearing, watch early Fairly Odd Parents. Adam West, I think we talked about, what's even scarier is we talked about Adam West on our last Mike Tyson podcast, I think. I think we about, did. About how they're very similar and that I don't know how connected to reality they are. And about how they're just very strange people in real life. But they're not mean people, they're just... No. They're just different. They're a little I, quirky, a little bit. I, I I had the pleasure of getting to see Adam West in person once, and he's just. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw him at a comic con. He is just okay. He's the strangest person I've ever seen in my life. He's I couldn't tell if he was drunk the whole time or if that's just who he is, and I think that's just who he is. To but any kids listening, don't drink. Don't, don't get drunk. Don't don't be drunk. Don't. Don't. He's in. He was in his eighties. He can do what he wants. I know he can do what he wants, but I hope any if there's any kids that listen to this podcast, they don't do that. I'm just, but I'm sure they've heard of alcohol at this point in their lives. So I'm sure they have. Uh, but we. I, he's just. He's such a card. He's such a. He was such an interesting guy. And th- this was. This is a bit personal for me because this is the first time that like a celebrity I've met has passed away. Yeah. And it, it, it's like it, it's this weird balance of like i don't know them but i have met them and it's like it it's not quite parasocial at this point and it's just it, it it's been sad so rest in peace adam we we had to say something yeah um, we probably won't mention on the mike tyson cast since i just mentioned it but just wanted to wanted to make sure we paid our respects and any final words before we wrap this show up here just that uh I disagree with you on how good the Lava Monster episode is. 
I disagree with you. It was great. And with that, thank you all for listening <laughs> so much. Um, you can find all our information at everlyanimated.com. You can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash everlyanimated. Thank you so much to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, John, a.k.a. Garfield. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, and Alex. Um, upcoming stuff, go back and check out that uh, cameo post I made, if you guys want to see what I had to say about Adam West, uh, more than I could say here. And uh, we have Mike Tyson Mysteries coming up, all our usual coverage. Um, Star will be back relatively soon. It's rumored Rick and Morty's coming back relatively soon. And Voltron, oh, so will, be back. For that. Voltron will be back in August. Um, as for upcoming, I haven't told Dylan yet, so this is your exclusive uh, breaking news. I'm going to try to talk Dylan into doing one of our Fantasy Survivor podcasts. Team Tara Strong versus Team Tom Kenny. Oh my god. Oh, that means you can talk about Scaramouche more. That That's never bad. It means I can have Ashi versus Scaramouche. Oh my god. And it's all I want in life right now. Just really quick, I'm so glad Scaramouche was a recurring character in that season. He was amazing. I just... Scaramouche just, to me, expanded my opinion of Tom Kenny so much. Like, Tom Kenny is yeah. one of the most underappreciated voices. Yeah, he's great. So, uh, so looking forward to all of those podcasts, guys. Thank you for being such a loyal audience. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>